Welcome to the Hyper Hyper Guide Motivational Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have a wonderful, wonderful guest and a legend, Frank Zane. Frank Zane is a three-time Mr. Olympian. He's a, a former Mr. America, Mr. World. He is a famous author who's got many books. He's the International Federation of Bodybuilding Hall of Fame. He's considered one of the best bodybuilders of all time. He's a health and fitness expert. He's got a bachelor's in science uh, from Wilkes University. He's got a BA in psychology, a master's in ex experimental psychology. His nickname is Chemist. And thank you so much for being here, Frank. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. And, and you're the current owner of the Zane Experience as well. We're going to get into that. But I wanted to ask you really quickly, um, where were you born and raised? And tell me a little bit about, about your uh, your family growing up. I was born in Kingston, Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, I went to school back there. Uh, graduated pretty much first in my class. Got a scholarship to Wilkes University. And then after that, began teaching school. I taught a year in, uh, in Pennsylvania, then a year in New Jersey, and then three years in Florida, and then moved to California. Taught eight years in Southern California. And then in 1977, retired from that and uh, began doing what I'm doing now. Frank, what was it like growing up? Like you have, you're like so inspirational to so many people. What was your family like growing up and who were your inspirations growing up? Well, I read all the muscle magazines from the time. <clears throat> I was inspired by two people, Steve Reeves for one, <coughs> excuse me, and Larry Scott for, for the other one. So the, both of them inspired me a lot. And what about them inspired you? Like when you were growing up, um, were you an athlete growing up? Did your parents inspire you to, hey, do, here, you should get into athletics? What got you into athletics? I went to a small high school. And there really wasn't much there. There was a football team, which I played on. I played football for two years. That really wasn't my forte, though. Uh, I was really interested in bodybuilding the whole time. And so as soon as the season was over, I began bodybuilding full time and started ma making my mark in bodybuilding. And when you were in college, um, what you were like, you, were, you, you got into chemistry, you were a science, a science background. What motivated you to get into the sciences? Well, it wasn't anything special. I mean, it's probably the only track open to me. Uh, when I was in, uh, in high school, I got the chemistry award. So I just followed suit with that. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another. And uh, I just kept going. And then what, what inspired you to go to teach high school? So how did you balance, like, your bodybuilding career and teaching how did you balance that it wasn't difficult i mean i taught school uh during the day uh was finished by three o'clock in the afternoon and then worked out after that 
I had the summers and holidays free, so it really wasn't that difficult to maintain that. So I did. And what was your first bodybuilding competition? Where was it at and what was it like for you? It was in uh, Emmaus, Pennsylvania. And uh, I remember I, I met Bob Hoffman back there and he said to me, uh, he said, young man, if I had a physique like yours, I'd walk around with my shirt off all the time. So when I heard this, I was really inspired and it just kept me going. And then when, when did you start getting into the professional bodybuilding scene? You, I know you lived in Florida for a while. Did you start bodybuilding, like getting into the bodybuilding scene in Florida, or, or did that happen when you came out to California? It was in Florida. And, and what was that like? What was the bodybuilding scene in Florida? Obviously, was it as big as in California? No, it wasn't as big, but, uh, you know, there are, there are some favorites. AAU was prominent. My friend Jim Hazlip was like AAU Mr. America. And uh, I trained there at Harry Smith's gym in Tampa. And I think I took it as far as I could. And that first opportunity I had to move to California, I did in 1969 and got a job teaching in Los Angeles in Venice and then just stuck with it. So what was when you when you came over to California, what was that like for you, like adapting from Florida to California? And how did you start working out at Gold's Gym? And how did you meet Joe Weider? How did you get involved with with that with that group of individuals? All, all the all the legends like yourself, you guys all met at Gold's Gym? Pretty much. You know, we all trained at Gold's Gym and we were all friends. We hung out together. And then, uh, you know, when he moved to Weider moved his whole operation to California, uh, we did too. And so I had a job already teaching school in, uh, in Los, Los Angeles City School, so I just stuck with it. What was the competition like between all of you at the gym? You had all the famous, all the famous bodybuilders that you had, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you had Franco Colombo. What was that competition like between all of you guys? Were you all really, really good friends at the gym? How was that outside of the gym and during the competition as well? We were all friendly. You know, uh, we, we trained together at the gym. And actually, we didn't compete in the same contest. So there's no reason for us not to be friends. And we helped each other out. What was a typical... Can you take me to a typical workout day you did you work out like four or five hours a day what was your typical workout routines when you're preparing for competitions it was usually about two hours a day an hour in the morning hour in the afternoon split routine you know wasn't wasn't anything unusual what was your diet your diets like at that time because what was there a lot of supplementation what did you guys do diet wise and you said you did about two hours a day um did you break up the body parts how did you train because you had one of the most amazing physiques in the whole world i think everybody wanted to have a physique like yours they probably were looking for the secret formula for that how were you able to do the training and your and your uh diet to make such a 
I followed a three-way split routine where I worked uh, pulling muscles day one, legs day two, and pushing muscles day three, rest day four. And I just continued with that. Worked very well for me. I guess I guess I know I, I saw one of the videos you were talking about how um, before the, the Olympia, Mr. Olympia competitions, you would really make sure that you kind of hide it, hide your body in some ways because you really worked hard to, to really lean out. Um, was it difficult during that time competition wise to uh, hide what you were doing? Because everybody was kind of trying to get an edge and you were the person that everybody wanted to model themselves after. It wasn't difficult. I just didn't show off in the gym. I always trained covered up. And then when I competed, you know, all the racks came off. And what was your relationship like with Arnold and Colombo? Um, in terms of, did you guys train together? Did you train separately? I think there was always kind of a, um, I guess for so long there was, when you read the meet, when you read the magazines and everything, there's always photos of you guys together. What was that relationship like with all of them in, in terms of training? Did you guys train together? You trained separately? We were in the gym at the same time. So you might say we trained together, although we, we did have different scheduled routines. And I, I basically trained alone most of the time. I didn't have a steady training partner. What, in your view, because you've been training your whole life, I can tell you I, when, when I told some people in the fitness world that I was going to be talking to you, they were like so in awe of you. And I did, people submitted like a million questions to me. <laughs> and one of the questions they had was, um, what do you believe is the best uh, nutritional plan for the uh, best muscle growth and development? Well, the one I did, it was pretty good. I mean, it was training, pulling muscles day one, legs day two, pushing muscles day three, rest day four. It's pretty much how I did it all the time. And I kept doing it. This is uh, another, another question I have, I guess, to follow up to that one is, Frank, if somebody wanted to get into the bodybuilding, um, is there an age that you would recommend someone start or not start? Well, the, the, the sooner the better. But my advice is to have a backup plan. Don't count on making your living as a professional bodybuilder. It's, it's too, too crowded a field. So have a backup plan. I mean, I was a school teacher. I was a math teacher the whole time. So I always had that as my backup plan. What, what is the big difference? I know people probably ask you this question right now. What are the, what's the big difference between the bodybuilders when you were at your peak and the bodybuilders now? Well, there were fewer of them then in those days than there are now. Now there's a, a ton of them. In terms of like a, approach, I guess, to training, have you seen any significant difference between your generation and this generation? Well, you know, good is good. So, you know, we reached the top of the of, of the heap in those days, just like people today do that, too. So, you know, you just do the best you can train under 
ideal circumstances, go to the gym at the right times, take photos with the magazines, get publicity that way. You know, we all followed that. And how, you're, you're, you've, you've maintained a, a pretty amazing fitness level your entire life. You've trained tons of people throughout your life. How do you stay motivated to stay in great shape as, like you are today? I always had a goal. I had a reason for doing it. I had a picture in my mind of what I wanted to look like and how much time I want, I would allow for that. So there's always the goal. Do you, what other kind of, um, I know you're, I know you always do um, weight training, but are, are there any other kind of fitness routines like yoga or anything else that you do to maintain your, your, um, your health? Well, I did meditation and uh, also archery. I, I still do those today. What, before you started, um, before you'd go into your Mr. Olympia competition, your first one, what was your mindset going in and how did you prepare physically for that? I know you were hitting the gym all the time, but you're posing and so forth. Did you make up these routines yourself? No, we had what we called posing clinics between Arnold, Franco, Colombo, and myself. And we'd get together and pose and critique each other's routine. And uh, it worked very well. You know, we weren't really competing so much against each other at the time. So we managed to adopt something that was very beneficial for everybody involved. And let me ask you this. How, how did your wife get involved? When did you guys meet and how did your wife get involved in, the, uh, in fitness? Well, it was 1967, I believe. And uh, we both were living in Florida and we both went to New York to compete in the, uh, she went for Miss Americana, which she won. And I went for Mr. America, which I didn't win. Don Howarth won it. And so I came back the second year and won it. And then I kept winning after that. And then how, so how did this, how did this happen? You met your wife and then you said, Hey, uh, you're into fitness too. Let's go out. <laughs> and then you guys just got together and then started this fitness, uh, the fitness craze, I guess. Well, it sort of started when I was teaching school. Her younger sister was a student there. And she came up to me one day with the Muscle magazine and asked for my autograph and then asked if I wanted to meet her older sister. So naturally, I agreed. And that was the start of it. Oh, that's amazing. And then when you guys got together, you, you, got, you started to do write books together and do promotional tours together. Um, what made you guys start getting to that? You started to branch off into doing the fitness and training and doing other things. What made you start doing that? Those were the opportunities available. You know, I had, I wrote for Weeder and uh, had ads in the Weeder magazines and uh, got publicity that way. And uh, it was pretty much the only game in town. You were, you were talking about giving uh, advice to um, uh, younger people getting into bodybuilding. Um, there's a lot of people that spend a ton of time in the gym. If you, if you had to give advice to anybody in terms of how they should develop a program for um, 
competition bodybuilding, what would that be? Who should they go to resource-wise? And what advice would you give anybody? Well, I don't really know what's available today, but I'd say always have a backup plan. If you if your main plan doesn't work, have something you can fall back on. So with me, I was I was a, a math teacher in public schools, so I had that. You know, so basically, both both plans worked. And when you were training, what is the what is the hard the most difficult body part you had uh, some difficulty developing? What was like the? I'm sure there were some parts of your body part some parts of your body you could develop very easily. What was the most challenging for you? Well, they're all not, they, they weren't that challenging. I mean, I looked at it equally. They're all pretty, responded pretty well when I put my attention on them, you know, worked them on a regular basis. My legs were always really good. So I tended to downplay them a little bit. Upper body was pretty good too, especially my back. So, you know, it was pretty well all over that I had uh, a good advantage. Frank, when do you tell people, if, how do you, how do uh, young folks know when they're overtraining? Well, you may get real sore and not feel like training. So things like that, you feel overtrained. You know, you don't want to go there too much. You don't want to hang out in the gym all the time. Have a plan where you train methodically. <clears throat> do it on a regular basis. Don't miss workouts, but be methodical. Have a plan and follow that. Um, so let me ask you this. So when you were bodybuilding, you were managing. So when you were bodybuilding, at the same time as you were managing, you were, you were in school. I mean, you were teaching, correct? Yes. How did people at the school and then how did the community accept you as this professional bodybuilder? It, it, at that time, there, it was a new thing, right? Yeah. How are you accepted by the community? And like now, every, I mean, everybody's, you know, it, it, because it was so new back then, some people thought it was this overkill, other people, but now it's more accepted. How did you deal with those kind of pressures? Well, as one student put it, he says, Mr. Zane, if you miss the universe and all that, what are you doing here? And I said to him, well, <clears throat> everybody has to be somewhere. And this is what I choose to do right now. What, what did you, did you get a lot of teaching? I know um, you were a teacher for a long time. What kind of satisfaction did you get out of teaching? Well, I learned how to teach. You know, so I learned how to do it and then. I was a math teacher, but then I learned how to teach bodybuilding, and so it came in handy on all avenues. Did, did any of your students get into bodybuilding as a result of having Mr. Olympia as their teacher? I imagine they did. <laughs> so in, in terms of supplementation, Frank, um, how important was eating and supplementation um, when you were at bodybuilding? It was always important, and I always supplemented my diet. <clears throat> I, I took protein supplements, vitamins, minerals, amino acid supplements the whole time. When you were uh, when you were training for Mr. Olympia, what was 
which of the your Mr. Olympias um, was the most difficult for you, and why? Well, maybe the first one was <clears throat> winning in '77. Then it got progressively easier after that. '77 was challenging. '78 was easier. '79, you might say, was the easiest because I had a track record. Um, if you could only, I know people have asked you this in the past, if you could only do five or six exercises to, to build the most mass, what exercises would you would you concentrate on? Well, I don't know. I never really thought about it. I would do the ones I would normally do for each body part. One would be uh, squatting for legs, calf raises for calves, uh, <clears throat> Pull downs, front pull downs for upper lats, bent over rowing for lower lats, uh, curls, barbell curls, dumbbell curls, uh, close grip bench press, lying tricep extension. Those would be the ones I'd rely on. Did you ever did you ever do cardio, or is that something that you had to stay away from? I'm sure that I mean overall health, I'm sure you did some cardio, but how much cardio did you do when you were actually bodybuilding? Well, I did enough. I didn't overdo it. I did about, ideally, I would run a mile and a half after workouts. So I'd go to the high school track and run six laps. And that's what worked the best for me. Frank, I know, um, what, what kind of training are you doing now? I know you have your own company. Are you still training athletes? Yes. And what kind of, what kind of services do you guys offer? Well, I do one, two, and three-day programs with them, three hours each day, depending on what their interests are, and then posing figures into that too, especially if they're competing, we work on posing. So uh, it all figures into a one, two, or three-day program. And how would they get a hold of you? How would anybody, if they wanted to, if they wanted to use your services, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Best is to email me at... Uh, FrankZane.com. Okay, and you and, and so you offer now, and they can also get a hold of your books are online, your all your your shirts and all the other your products are all online as well. Yes. Okay, so I get to ask you see this nice, this really quickly these um, rapid fire questions, and uh, what is your guilty pleasure, Frank, food wise? Well, you know, I don't really have cheat days. I eat pretty healthy all the time. You know, I eat enough protein. I eat red meat. I eat fish. I eat poultry. Uh, I have small amounts of wine. And that's about it. And then what is your favorite place to vacation? I guess here, you know, I don't really go on vacation pretty much hang out here. I know, what's your, what's your favorite part of San Diego? Uh, La Mesa. Lovely, I like La Mesa as well. And um, what are your future goals? Well, to keep working out, keep inspiring people, keep doing podcasts and uh, making, uh, putting out material that's helpful to people. And Frank, when you look back in your life, what do you want to be remembered for? 
helping people, being an influential educator? Well, Frank, I, I want to tell you, thank you so much, um, you know, for doing everything that you've done to inspire everyone like myself out there that's into health and fitness. Um, you and your wife has have been so inspirational and um, I'm just so appreciative of you coming on today and just giving your time. And um, yeah, you're just someone that, that I look up to and so many of us look up to. And I just want to tell you, thank you. Thank you for everything you've done for everybody. My pleasure. Thank you, Martin. And and uh, like I said, you know, keep inspiring us and uh, and I'll stay in contact. And again, thank you. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I will. You too. God bless. Take care. Until next time, until the next podcast, keep learning. Take care.